What's shaking you two tonight? Welcome to Lords of Longbox Friends to cover price comic book shakers of the week for July 6th. Hopefully, you guys all had a great uh 4th of July. Um, hope everybody has 10 fingers still originally. Right. It's illegal in our most of our county, yet it sounded like fucking Iraq till about well, I don't know, midnight. <laughs> I swear to God, it was just like fireworks galore all over the place. So, so it's uh, July six, which means it's the tenth day of, of the Fourth of July here in Vegas. Like we, people have been shooting off fireworks since the middle of June. That's where people <laughs> in California get their f- crazy fireworks from the Roman candles and everything. They get them from Vegas. Is it, they got to go to Pahrump or like uh, Milwaukee. Mexico. Valley. We go to Mexico for ours. Oh yeah, see that. I don't Mexico, want to drive back over to What's going on? Sorry, kidding. Don't get all the good steroids too. <laughs> Damn, okay. We're giving away too many secrets here. Whoa. Uh, Why you guys are congregating? We're late, but you know, we don't got time for music. But we gotta celebrate 50 years of hip hop, right? We haven't played enough hip hop, so here you go. Try to get at you. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Get an attitude. Pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. I got the rolling on my own and I'm pouring Sean down and I'm over there. Because I got it going on. Go shorty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. Go shorty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. Go shorty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. Get your damn hands up.
Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Um, So uh, if you didn't know, this is the 50th year, the 50th anniversary of the birth of hip hop, however you want to say it. So uh, we had to play that, right? I mean, uh, if you guys watched the Macy's Day uh, fireworks uh, special on July 4th, LL Cool J with uh, The Roots and DJ um, Z Trip absolutely killed it. It was so dope. But uh well, they also had something on BET, uh, which was, you know, they did. it's been 50 years. So anyway, Laura, say it was good. You know what's actually dope? Being able to say the word dope and not sound stupid. I sound terrible when I say that. So say dope. This is dope. Nope. doesn't roll off right. It feels wrong. It doesn't this feel is right. This bomb, yo. Yo, this it's fresh. Raise the roof. You got to say it like this. Yo, it's dope, son. It's fresh, Yo, it's kid. dope, son. Fresh, kid. Hey. <laughs> All right. We'll work on that. JB, say it was oh, good. Funny. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to the Ofer list. I mean, the Shakers list. Uh, actually, this won't be an Ofer. I actually may have one of these books on the list. That's very interesting. Um, but you know what we're going to ask you to do? Participate. Enjoy the show. Hit the thumbs up. Uh, comment your favorite cover. And uh, yeah, sit back and relax. It's going to be a good one. Gabe, he was good at the people. Another great list. I actually have one on the list, which is cr- cool because it's one of the best comic book series of all time. And we'll get to that later when we get to the I don't list. Even think I looked yet. We've been so late with the notes. Sorry, Ryan. But <laughs> you ain't got no, nothing else to do, right? I mean, shoot, there's nothing, no basketball. What are you going to do? Watch baseball or something? But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, this show is brought to our friends over at coverprice.com. Uh, and uh, go over to coverprice.com for your price guides, collections, and trends uh, for $6.99 a month for a two or a two week free trial. And if you watched last week's Shaker show, which I was unable to make because believe you know what, I am still feeling the ill effects of that stomach bug, believe it or not. I, I'm, I'm still eat, man. I'm drinking, what did you do? I'm drinking Gatorade and 7 Up. Seven, that's, I mean, you know, I don't have like, like at a gas station or had like sushi from you gas know, station sushi. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so. uh, yeah. So, I uh, also sponsor our friends over a cover our Bird City Comics. She's just called LOTLB to get 15% off anything in the Bird City Comics store. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I am ready to ship out books. This is the last day. This week's winter, and I'm shipping these books out, and you're gonna have to wait for the next round uh, because you know I'm getting too caught up. So if you haven't already, I asked people to message me so I remember who the hell won. Uh, I, I don't even know who won Thursday show. Um, if you won Thursday show, uh, message me because uh, that's coming from our friends over at Cover Price. Matt DeVoe is gonna send those out to you. Speaking of that, this is what the the update's gonna be. It's gonna ha- have batch editing, virtual boxes, trains, gains, and losses, new filtering options, and way more. I don't think it's up. Let me look. I'm like, there. They demoed it last Thursday. Yeah, they Check out it. last Thursday. Yeah, it looks great. Shaker show, and there's a lot of really cool stuff. Those virtual boxes are really cl- cool and clever idea, especially since this is yep. just like version one. If being able to share that box and potentially, you know, sell from it, that was so you're gonna cool. see it when we see what's shaking after we go over these uh top ten, these ten here. Uh, because I just went over to the site and sure enough, it's up. Um, I should have looked earlier, but yeah, there there's some cool stuff that you have to do. I have to X out my values so you guys don't see it. Yeah, they really seem to be paying attention to what people are requesting because they really they really stepped it up at this one. Yeah, and the, and a, and an app is on the way. Although the mobile works, I mean, just as well. I'm at the just the website from your browser on your phone works just as well as you know an app. Here's the thing about me between apps and going to a website. When you go to a website to get something, 
the uh, developers only need to update the website, right? When you have an app, they have to push out updates to every single device that has that app installed. So, you know, that's why I think websites are better. But who am I to say? To each his own. Tomato, tomato. Oh, sorry about it. I was just thinking about tomatoes and making my throw up. This comes from our friends at Cover Price, focusing on new sales. All the most interesting sales found on the exclusive daily shakers list. This list changes several times every day to make sure you check out every to check out check it out every day to view some of the hottest trending books on the market, which we shall do today. But we're gonna see what the, the Matt has curated for today. A fine cornucopia of comic book goodness. Cornucopia. Wow, yeah. man, that is. Yeah. I think Matt is the only one who big words. Three dollar <laughs> word getting thrown around over here uh, today. Man. All right, what do we have for the this week's first shaker? This first shaker here is interesting. This is Blackthorn 3D series number 75. They came out from Blackthorn in 1985. So we're going to go ahead and recap of what led to this book coming into real life. Uh, so one time, Michael Jackson made a movie to coincide with the release of his album, Bad. The name of this movie was Moonwalker, and it was made up of interviews with MJ, long-form music videos, short movies, Co-star Joe Pesci, uh, Sean Lennon, uh, Paul Rubens, who was Pee Wee Herman, and the Noid. If anybody remembers the Noid, that's a little mascot from Domino's. Oh, yeah. Moonwalker stayed at number one on the Billboard's top 100 video sales for 22 weeks and went nine times platinum in the UK. It was also an immensely popular arcade game. Uh, seems like a no-brainer for a U.S. publisher to pay a large fee, option of rights, and print a 3D comic book version of the movie. They were even able to list Michael Jackson as a co-writer. What can go wrong? Uh, Blackthorn was the fifth largest comic publisher at the time. Uh, their 3D version of Moonwalker was printed in July of 1989, and by November, Blackthorn went bankrupt. Uh, this sad ending can only mean a great find for a collector. A little history on the aftermarket price of this book as well. In April of 2023, a this is a 9.7, I don't think that's correct. Um, a 9 point something sold for nearly for a new high sale of $485, leading to a sale on the 4th of July for $250 for a 9.6 up from an uh up from an October of 2022 sale of only $76. While this week's sale is not the all-time high for this issue, it is for a 9.6 and an incredible gain for that steal of $72 back in 2022. Huh. Never heard so, of Blackthorn well, Comics. They were a large publisher back in 1985. The fifth largest? I've never heard of them before I, either. I've exactly. never heard of them either. And they went bankrupt right after releasing this. Yeah, they were so smart. Someone, someone stuffed their pockets and ran. Yeah, I totally, <laughs> I totally remember Moonwalker, uh, Blackthorn 3D series number 75, uh, Blackthorn Comics 1985, $250 for 9.6. But I totally remember like Michael Jackson was the first one to do long form videos, uh, right? If you remember Thriller, right? And then before yeah. that, there's this thing he did with the Jacksons, and it's called Can You Feel It? Can You Feel yeah. It? And it's like this whole crazy kind of cosmic thing. I highly suggest you see it. It's 
I, I think it's called feel it or can you feel it it's it's michael jackson and the jackson five and they do this crazy and it like, feels like it goes on and on forever yeah <laughs> yeah, so you guys don't understand how big music videos were back in the day. Like MTV, you'd be like, the big new premiere of this video is coming out on this day. Make sure you tune in to watch it. Because you know, back then, you know, nobody knew how to program their VCR. You had to tune in and watch it. You know what I mean? So MTV uh, was a radio. Like you just left your TV on all day with that in the background. Yeah. 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 He was also the first uh, black artist to have a music video on uh, MTV as well. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing I remember seeing Prince videos. Comics number one, Dave Stevens was was Blackthorn Publishing. No mm. shit. Wow. Mm. All right. There you go figure. All right. What do we have for number two? Well, we're staying in the 80s. So number two, Dreamweaver number one. This is uh Robert Lankford in 1987. Dreamweaver number one by Robert Lankford is a captivating and imaginative journey into the realm of dreams. Lankford's skillful storytelling transports readers to a world where dreams come alive, blurring the lines between reality and fantasy. The protagonist, a gifted dreamweaver named Alex, embarks on a thrilling adventure navigating through the surreal landscapes and encountering enigmatic characters. Lankford's vivid description and richly detailed imagery create a mesmerizing atmosphere, immersing readers into a tapestry of dreams and mystery. In short, it's amazing. Granted, it's amazing, it's amazing for many wrong reasons, but its over-the-top cover continues throughout the book. It's the epitome of an indie book being indie book with no editor or constructive feedback. Due to these factors, it's become a somewhat of a legendary must-have for a niche set of collectors who are obsessed with this so-bad-it's-good comic. It's a lot of those. It's also hard to find, hence a new high sale of $75 for a raw copy. Nailed right. it. So, uh, so like people are asking trivia questions in the live chat now. So if 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 somebody answers it, then I think they should be the one that mails them out a prize, right? <laughs> first, yeah, yeah. First yeah. video song played. Yeah, too. video killed the radio star by the Buggles was the first one, uh, which is kind of a sad song if you think about it. It's uh, you know, but um, my it's guess kind of prolific is, song too. Yeah, my guess is this will not be anybody's favorite cover when you when gbs post what your favorite cover is after this video post because i i don't think uh this was um definitely has indie vibes on it yeah uh, you could tell that nobody was like he's like you know what i'm gonna draw whatever the fuck i want and nobody's gonna stop me so yeah whatever. and i'm confused even just by the description i just read i don't even understand what i said like, that, uh, that sounds confusing so it looks like a demon with the horse body yeah okay that, yeah, would weird context. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's the writer, uh, artist right on there in the cover, too. But uh, Dream Reaver, <laughs> all right, go figure, man. Dream Reaver, number one for Robert Langford, 1987. What do we have for the next third one? Well, I guess we're sticking oh, in the world dope. of fantasy over here. Next up, we've got Elf Quest number one, the one dollar first printing from 1978 and warp graphics <clears throat> excuse me so now ElfQuest, a popular fantasy comic book series has existed for over four decades since its first appearance in fantasy quarterly issue number one created by wendy and richard peeney it has been published by various comic publishers such as warp marvel dc and dark horse Moreover, the series has extended to other forms of entertainment, such as role-playing games, board games, and action figures. 
recently a CGC 9.8 copy of the $1 first printing issue sold for an all-time high of $1,350. Despite unsuccessful attempts to turn this series into a film or television show, the Wolf Rider saga continues to be shit to be cherished by his <laughs> sound like he said shit there yeah. Yeah, all the way to yeah. the end and just shit this braid right at the end yeah. i i totally remember <laughs> elf quest growing up yeah but i remember yeah, more so for the um the role-playing games uh you know it was like you know it was like you know dnds you know die roll you know dice rolling and all that good stuff so I have never seen this ever in my, I never seen anybody post it. I've never seen a picture of it. I don't even know. It yeah. Anybody has this, we want proof of live tag is mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. But you know what? Now's the perfect time to do, you know, that type of IP since, you know, they have the, um, well, except for Netflix, Netflix hates fantasy shows. Apparently so any <laughs> fantasy show they put on, they just cancel. So, uh, but you know, there's a lot of venues for it to do it now. I wonder who owns the uh, the intellectual property for it for ElfQuest. It's got to be somebody, right? So yeah. ElfQuest number one. So it's, a, it's Wendy Peeney. It's the creators. Whom? The, the creators, Wendy and something Peeney. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure they shopped it Richard. around somewhere. I mean, but you know, I don't know why they wouldn't. Because there, I mean, there's a whole. I mean, back in the day, I mean, it was like. It was big for nerds back in the day. I, and I'm not, not talking geeks. There's a difference between geek and nerd, but this was a whoa, definitely... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the difference between geek and nerd? What's the difference between geek and nerd, Tivo? Yeah, Let's drop the knowledge on us. Okay, okay so a nerd <laughs> is very... Uh, they're not... I would say they're not... They're very specific to something. As okay. opposed to a geek has geek dumb, right? Where you're like, you know what? I did comics. I like video games. I like working on cars. I like, you know, movies, TV, where a nerd is like, I am just going to do my math. I like Star Trek and I, and I like, like Star, Star Trek. Trek. And I'm very <laughs> I'm specific to one genre set where they're very typical of it. And okay. they're, they're not they're not open to other forms of, of nerddom or geekdom, right? Like Star Trek nerds hate star wars nerds right where star wars geeks don't really care but you know it it is i it's really that's why i never say nerd i say geek out people say geek out it's the thing just google there's some great articles between the difference between a nerd and a literally googling it as we speak a nerd is something that's extremely enthusiastic and knowledgeable about a particular subject but it says the same thing about geek i thought a geek was somebody that bit the head off the chickens (laughs) no what what yeah. No. thing ever somebody that bites chickens no somebody that bites the heads off of chickens like at a <laughs> like at a carnival those were geeks circus geeks yeah, yeah. you never call them circus nerds right they're always circus geeks you know yeah so. and a nerd went and bite the oh head here off we go chicken. a nerd wow. is someone good in school a geek is a pop culture <laughs> oh yeah exactly i think Exactly. I think like well said, Mr. Martinez. Yeah. Like somebody nerd says like geeks. you're a history nerd or something like that. Geeks, geeks are, are more like geeks are more like pop culture. <laughs> but nowadays those lines are blurred because pop culture is mainstream now. So you know what you know. But but you you know typically nerds are you know the pockets pocket protect you know for their school, pens their glasses are very sheltered and they're they're not as outgoing. Uh, nerds aren't as gonna gonna have girlfriends and stuff I'm, I'm, 
somebody can call some nervous probably going to be like you're an oh, asshole here's here's here we go nerds are socially awesome. yes exactly but geeks aren't geeks love going geeks love going out and congregating and being on social media this is where, very I don't like you, if you go, if, okay put it this way <laughs> if you go to a comic con you would be able to spot a between a, between a nerd and a geek i guarantee you and then when you come back you say i went to comic con and i see what you're talking about tivo between a nerd and a geek okay Trust me. Challenge accepted. I'm going to go to San Diego. I think so far the chat has crushed it. And and Brian Holtz, nerds are socially awkward. Hits home. That's one. And what's the other one? Um, Eating chicken. It was a little bit higher up. Geeks are more liable to go out with their friends. Go get is a pop culture hoe. Yeah. Nerds are geeks are more liable (laughs) to go out with their friends, get drunk, and then go like to the comic shop. Where a nerd will probably get drunk with three of his friends and then play um D D. <laughs> and that's that uh, sounds horrible stereotyping but you know what i'm saying it's it's just it's just i'm 51 years old i'll be 52 in three weeks my god but you know when we grew up nerd was a certain thing like watch revenge of the nerds and you'll see what i'm talking about right they they were socially awkward they didn't have girlfriends one dude's name was booger so just leave it that booger was probably the most normal one by the way all right, but he's the ladies, man. But nowadays, <laughs> nerds and geeks, you know, pro, you know, hair, okay. Chicken here's heads. a perfect example. Oh my God, uh, um, Zuckerberg is a nerd, not a geek. Because when people when he talks, people think he's a robot. You know what I mean? He was so smart that he doesn't know. Bill Gates was a nerd. Uh, Steve Jobs was a geek. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess in a weird, twisted Tebow kind of way. When you guys go to San Diego Comic Con, just look for it. Geek versus All right. nerd. All right. What's what do you have for Tebow, do we four? have the epic rack battle between geek versus nerd in the, uh, in the coffers? No, but you guys should look it up. I don't want to get copyright ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh this is male booty. What's going on in here? Well, they know. Uh, oh, okay. So, shaker number four. This is the funnies, uh, issue 45. This is a Adele comic from 1940. Uh, prepare to witness the birth of a groundbreaking superhero as the Funnies, Volume 1, Number 45, introduces readers to Phantasmo, Dell's very first superhero. Phil Anson, who returns to America after spending 25 years studying the secrets of the Grand High Lamas in Tibet. Assuming the identity of Phantasmo, the master of the world, uh, accompanied by his trusty sidekick, Wizard McGee, the duo takes on foreign spies who have captured a professor with a groundbreaking invention. This highly sought-after comic has captivated collectors and fans alike, earning its place as a key piece of comic book history. The most recent sell was an all-time high of $2,026 for a fine, raw copy. And it's one of the three recorded raw sales. There is also one slab sale recorded, which was a 4.5, and that went for $1,800 in July of 2022. As one of of Dell's earliest forays into superhero storytelling, the Funnies number 45 holds immense historical significance, making it an attractive addition to anyone's collection. Oh, the comments on this are just old. Oh, <laughs> place, man. Do you got golden booty? Uh, now that's not a geek outfit. Uh, this is Adam. This is the Adam Warlock I wanted to see in the movies. 
Yeah, he didn't miss leg day. He's really excited about architecture. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that dude um, the building? It does kind of look odd. I mean, it, and it's kind of, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think in the 40s golden age, you didn't see many like shirtless superheroes, right? Just on the cover. I'm trying to think like in the golden age. I mean, even here you don't see it, but you can imagine. I mean, you know, no. Uh, trying to think even in the golden age you know you rarely ever seen somebody with their shirt off uh, i mean by this time it's really only superman at the time batman Batman was in yep. uh 30 yeah but yeah but you know you can see scantily clad women but uh don't show a male man's torso god forbid the fun is number still like that though you don't see a lot of shirtless men now yeah that is true i mean Wolver except for the wolverine covers oh. And maybe maybe every once in a while Thor. Yeah, but mostly Wolverine. He's always ripped. The funniest mm -hmm. number forty-five from Dell Comics from nineteen forty. God damn, two hundred six thousand dollars, two thousand twenty-six thousand, two thousand and twenty-six dollars for a raw fine. Wow, that is pretty good quality for from from nineteen forty, uh, right before the war. Uh, so you know. What I tell you about Golden Age covers, and they use a lot of yellow. I'm telling you, it's a thing. All right, what do you have for number five? You actually have me like looking for those now. I always look for the yellow covers because of you. Um, okay, number five, Irredeemable number one, John Cassidy. This came out from Boom Studios in 2009. Irredeemable number one by Boom Studios is a gripping and thought provoking comic that delves into the complexity of heroism and the limits of human morality. Written by Mark Wade and illustrated by Peter Krauss, the series introduces readers to a world where their once revered superhero, the Plutonian, has turned villainous and wreaks havoc on society. It's kind of a what if Superman went full evil type story. It explores the questions of what drives a hero to become a villain and the consequences of absolute power. It was a little, a little over a year ago when it was announced that Netflix was developing an irredeemable and incorruptible project with Jamie Samuel directing, Kemp Powers writing, and Jay-Z and James Lasseter producing. While the rare variants hit new highs over the past year, copies for the title have dried up. While most content-related books slowly drop in value with no new development update, this book is bucking that trend. This week's all-time high of $600 for a 9.8 was surprising even to us. Yet this sale is confirmed. If the sales confirmed near mint raw copies sell for $50, making that 9.8 a very nice premium. It's a clear incentive to encapsulate your near mint raw copies. Yet the CGC census is very low with only 55 copies, 20 of which are blue label. There's been no update making this new high even more intriguing. Does someone know something we don't know? Keep an eye out for a new high raw copies at your LCS or local conventions. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, a good call on Tarzan. Uh, I was just trying to like searching for Tarzan and, and he does appear shirtless because only should Tarzan do it. I meant, uh, oh, that is a good one. That's a good call. Yeah, Dar Tarzan from uh, what Dell Tencent Comics. So that's definitely a golden age. So, uh, but still yeah. not a superhero. I meant maybe kind of, but uh, anyway, John Carter and Mars, maybe John was, yeah, but did he, did he have a comic in the golden age? No, yeah. Oh, you know who? Um, the man, the man of bronze. What's that guy's name? Yeah, he didn't have a Golden Age comic either. I don't think. Yeah, he did. These were reprints in the Silver Age, weren't You're they? Talking about Doc Savage. Doc yeah. Savage. He was a yeah. Golden Age character, wasn't he? Yep. 
Yep, you're right. And he's shirtless too a lot of times. And he was definitely shirtless. He was ripped. MJB. Wow. I'm looking know. most of it. It's he's has a ripped shirt on. So he's um, kind of got like a vest open so that you could see his six pack. Yeah, but it's not truly like you know full frontal chest, <laughs> whatever, whatever, man. Full frontal. Irredeemable number one from uh, John Cassidy cover from Boom Studios 2009. Uh, I didn't know T was such an uh, expert on a shirtless man. <laughs> well, I started Googling. That's why I was like, you know, now I need to find out because, you know, somebody's going to call me on it. I said, dude, what are you talking about? This guy appeared without a shirt on. I was like, okay, okay. Show me Alfred the Butler without a shirt on, and then I'll give you a Marvel No Prize. All right, number five is Irredeemable number one from John uh, by uh, John the John Cassidy cover. Look at that, Mark Wade. Peter Krause Ford by Grant Morrison. Some great, uh, great. This book's amazing. There. Yeah, I love the series. I have this book. Yeah, I hope it gets made. Um, so we shall see, man. Yeah, Everything is cool. on hiatus now. Let me tell you a deep, little dirty secret about the uh, the writer strike. What? There's they are in no rush to uh, to, to come to completion because I talk to people that you know that work in. Let's just say they work in Hollywood and it was a good way for studios to get rid of projects they didn't believe in. You know what I mean? So that way they could just cancel things altogether or postpone them and postpone them until the, you know, the director or the writer just gives up. Um, still doesn't explain how the flash got made, but you know, that's neither here nor there, but that was, that was way before the writer strike. I don't know why it did so bad at the box office. I mean, it's going to lose and upwards of two hundred million dollars. That's how bad it is. Really? Yeah. I thought it was it's actually doing okay. Three hundred million to make it, right? Yeah. Plus another for you have to figure in another like 80, 90 million for marketing, commercials, and everything. I just looked it up today. Uh, it got beat in its second week of release. Um, by uh, Spider Verse. And Spider Verse is still because it took Spider Verse down, and then the next week Spider Verse took it over again. Okay, so here's the worldwide here's the worldwide total for the Flash. So it only made 102 million domestically and 146 internationally. So that's a worldwide of 248 million. How much do you think it, that movie costs to make? Even I have with no all idea. Tons of CGI, the cameos, everything. Six hundred. Mm, I would say it probably has to break even that. 350 million 400 million right around there i mean because um mm -hmm. you see if they even have the sometimes they tell you how much the film costs uh the cost to make it but for a big blockbuster like that typically it's you have to make three or four hundred million just to break even so it could lose up to 200 million is what i'm saying which is a shame i enjoyed it for what it was that's insane yeah, well, you know, there were a lot of factors there, though, to you. That, that movie had like a whole storm around it of reasons why people didn't see it. And, you know, and I don't know why people would boycott it, mean, but to me, I saw it twice, actually, because I wanted to see it again. So, you know, you know, and, um, I, you know, besides the babies, <laughs> uh, besides the baby and some questionable CGI, which they explained was on purpose, you know, um, but, you know, I think uh the it has the same trappings of most of the superhero films main mainly dc films like not the batman movies but anything that has it like uh like justice league there was just cgi just everywhere like to me like the flash has way too much electricity when he's running 
You know what I mean? It's like that's too much. You don't we, we don't need that much. Just give me a blur like on the on the TV show, but maybe not as not as bad. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not like dying to see it one way or another. I'll wait till it's streaming. It's worth it just for the um, the cameos. That really kind of like you're like oh 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 that was cool to mm. see. If you were old enough to understand them, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, Supergirl. I'm sorry, I won't say anything else. But yes, uh, actually, Supergirl was pretty dope in it. Um, Michael Keaton killed it. You know what I'm saying? So um, Keaton killed it. Yeah, and Ezra Miller wasn't bad. You know what I'm saying? So, but the way that the numbers are doing, I don't foresee a sequel. But then again, it's supposed to reboot the DC uh, DC uh, franchise, DC EU or DCU, whatever they're calling it. Anyway, let's get off to the next one. What do we have for number six. All right, at number six, we've got Our Army at War, issue number 83, originally published in 1959 from D.C. Now, Our Army at War, issue number 83, is a significant and influential comic book issue that was published by D.C. Comics in 1959. It marks the first appearance of the iconic character Sergeant Rock, who was created by writer Robert Kaniger and artist Joe Kubert. The issue showcases the gritty and realistic portrayal of war, focusing on ex the experiences of Sergeant Frank Rock and his easy company during World War II. The story captures the camaraderie, heroism, and sacrifices made by soldiers on the battlefield. With its intense action sequences, emotional storytelling, and powerful artwork, Our Army at War issue number 83 set the stage for a long and successful series centered around Sergeant Rock becoming a beloved and enduring figure in the genre of war comics. Now this week, a fine raw copy hit a massive new high sale of $3,400. That's a price a CGC 5.5s have sold for. However, if the buyer feels that they can press this book up to that 6.5, then the price jumps to 10K. It's, it's it's interesting to see this price jump and the educated gambles some buyers may be taking. Yeah, you know what? Uh, our, our army at war number 83 from DC 1959. There, DC has a great like uh catalog of just war comics, right? If you think like one of my favorites, Ghost Tank, is just so off the wall, right? And then what was it? Haunted Tank, I'm sorry. Yeah. And what was the unknown? And what was a soldier where it was all wrapped up in bandages? Was that the unknown soldier? Is that the unknown was soldier? That the, yeah. Yeah. Unknown soldier. DC too, War Comics are underappreciated. Like they're awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I think James Gunn should tap into that. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, give us a Sergeant Rock movie. There was a Sergeant Rock uh, animated featurette, I believe, in. Uh, if you have HBO Max and uh, yeah, it was one of those anthology ones. It was the same one that had that like, Commandy, the kid from tomorrow in it. Uh, and there was a, one that featured like uh, the, I'm pretty sure it was the character of Sergeant Rock. If you, if you haven't seen that, if you have HBO Max, uh, go check out their uh, the DC stuff that they have in there. And supposedly these were little featurettes that they played uh, if you bought the DVD. Uh, you know, kind of like a bonus feature, and they kind of compile them all into like one show. So there's one with Commandy. I'm um, pretty sure that's how you say his name, uh, Commanding. And I'm pretty sure there's one with Sergeant Rock as well as some other cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, Weird War Tales is another one. Yeah, I mean, put it this way: after World War II, they didn't have you know, you know, you know, 
communists and anybody else you know to fight you know what i'm saying so they had to make up new war comics and then war comics just like western comics kind of faded away once superhero comics kind of came into in vogue just like in during the golden age who were wonder woman and superman fighting they were fighting nazis and everybody you know what i mean i mean so they you know they had to, they had to pivot somewhere but uh uh, do you, uh here's one for gabe do you remember the image book um what was it called uh, with the uh, the seven or something like that, it was like a the military book. Oh, not team the Nam. Seven. Yeah, team, team seven. seven, not the Nam, which was a great Marvel. No, that was book, Marvel. Team, yeah, but the Nam, well, the team seven was a great image book that was kind of like that. Uh, um, if you haven't seen that, um, and who was the guy that came out of that? Was uh, remember he had his own solo title? God, uh, Deathblow. Deathblow, yes. So Deathblow, they were like, well, but this wasn't like they were war comics but they weren't like in the past right they were like you know uh, up toward just like what works is awesome too they were like soldiers that got enhanced uh, i would love to see how what works for them are you oh, they were fighting vampires and werewolves and stuff in that book oh that is so cool was that um what's his name who was that not Silvestri. i meant the 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 filipino guy um oh, wills potasio yeah wills potasio did well what works man uh, so dope if you haven't seen what works. I'm looking up Team Seven right now. This looks really good. Yeah, Team Seven is dope. Yeah, really a, that also yeah. leads into uh, Gen 13. Does it? Okay. There's a uh, there's stuff in there about like experiments that happened on these soldiers that had things to do with the children from Gen 13. I'm telling you, if Image would have just you know kept on uh, if all the creators got along, they would have could have really built out the universe. But if you ever think. Uh, docuseries that premiered uh, that was on sci-fi channel originally about the rise and fall of image comics where they interviewed oh, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, um, Tom McFarlane, um, Jim, uh, what's uh, Valenti? What was the name? Jim Valentino. Jim Valentino. I think Valentino was the only one that held it together. He was like the, he was like the, he was like the adult in the room who told him this is how we should be doing comics. And, and what killed them was, they were all artists, so they would take forever, and the and the books weren't coming out as they should. They would, I mean, you buy a issue like, oh man, Wildcats number one was awesome, and then you have to wait two months for Wildcats number two. It's like you know, you know, and it wasn't supposed to be bi monthly. It was supposed to be a monthly issue, a weekly issue. Um, you know, the Authority, Stormwatch. One of my favorites, which you should read, Laura, is Weapon what? Zero. Weapon fucking zero is awesome. Weapon fucking zero. Oh, I'm actually yes. typing the fucking part. I need it was. To... It was. It's <laughs> only a mini series, but the art is fantastic. I think it's Joe Benitez. I think one of those. It is. Two. And Mark also, uh, his name is something Churchill, and he did a book called The Coven. Which Ian Churchill. Team. Ian Churchill did a book called The Coven by by that was an image comic as well, and they were like a team of like a. Witches and vampires and shit like that, but that's another one. And the art is great. So look up Weapon Zero Weapon and Zero. the Coven. But three astronauts are sent to investigate a strange energy. Sold. <laughs> on Weapon Perfect. Zero, yeah. The the covers on it are just fantastic. On that, yeah, and, they have a camo feel. Yeah, and Ian Churchill was. Uh, I really dug that Coven series. I I could have swore I had it somewhere, but I digress. So things that Tebow has read that you should go out and read. Weapon Zero and the Coven. All right. What do we have for number seven? Whoa. Oh, just me again. I lost track. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Punch Comics number 20. Uh, this is from Superior Publishers Limited. That's 
that's putting the cart before the horse. Uh, 1947. Underrated is the is the uh, excuse me. Underrated is this issue featuring two topless women. You know those kids love boobs. Kids um, love boobs. Cover. Oh, you guys love boobs. Oh yeah, that never yeah, stops. That never stops. Everybody loves never boobs. Stops. All right, never continue. Um, boobs on the cover way back during the uh, <laughs> on the cover way back during the uh, Restrained Society of 1947. Rocket Girl is seen floating in the air with her three-cylinder jetpack, facing off against a giant bird holding topless women in its talons, and she doesn't even have a weapon or any powers. But her rockets, uh, just her rockets, though. Rocket Girl's history was rocky at best. Her storylines were spread far and wide between multiple titles and an accomplice for Rocket Man storylines. She was often featured wearing inconsistent outfits each issue and further confusing as artists would draw her physical features a little differently each time. Uh, adding distraction falls into uh, the publisher category. With this issue in particular, was the first punch printed by Superior Publishers Limited in Canada, picking up the printing from Harry A. Chesler in New York. Punch number 20 reprinted some previous storylines from their past catalogs with a fresh cover by Paul Gutzo and possibly with help from Ruben Mararia. No matter you guys want me to go first. Uh, Gutzo <laughs> was famous for his crime-driven artwork in the 1940s and 50s, featuring Scoop Comics, Red Seal Comics, Hello Pal Comics, and Punch Comics. Gutzo was uh, ultimately cited as an example of savagery, savagery in comic book art by the dreaded Dr. Frederick Wortham in his book, Seduction of the Innocent which led to the televised Senate subcommittee hearings in 1954 and thus spawning the Comics Code Authority. Uh, this 4th of July, someone celebrated big time when they bought a, a raw Punch Comics number 20 in a VG for $2,425, which Damn. is an all-time high raw sale. If you're interested in owning a piece of topless history in comics, currently an issue is available to be bid on at Heritage Auctions. That's a CGC 7.0, one of 43 listed on the census. What do you think that CGC 7.0 is going to go for if this raw just went for 2400 bucks? Who knows, but I can't even barely see the boobies on here, man. There's like, and there's, I don't even think there's nips on there. <laughs> Well, maybe they're just kind of faded. I can kind of see one, a yeah. little. Yeah, but I mean, nowadays with I mean, you know, with the uh, with the naughty covers, I mean, this is like nothing compared to that. But 1947, little Timmy was like, uh, "Yo, I need to get this, son. I don't even know. I don't care what's on the inside. You know what I mean?" Rocker uh, girl's doing some squats, man. She's got some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how well those rockets are. They look pretty small, though. But, uh, yeah. Punch <laughs> Comics number 20 from Superior Comics. That's why I love the Shaker Show. This is stuff you do not see anywhere else, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do you have for number eight? This is fun. All right. So oh. number eight, Spawn number 221. Uh, this one some of you guys might have. It's from Image Comics back in 2012. On the occasion of Spawn's 20th anniversary... Todd McFarlane created a timeless cover that pays tribute to Steve Ditko's amazing fantasy number 15. 
This week, a CGC 9.8 copy of the comic sold for an all-time high of $999. It's worth noting that retailers didn't order many copies of this issue, with only around 15,800 being printed, making the 1 in 25 variant quite rare. If you're interested in adding one to your collection, consider the more affordable Mexico edition, which has become popular among international collectors. Yeah, I mean, there's some random Spawn comics that are just worth a lot of money that are, don't feature any first appearances or anything. I, I keep on forgetting the one the King of the Golden State got for, he bought for five bucks and flipped it for like uh, two grand or three grand raw. It was, and it was in the Spawn, like in the 180s, right around there. Uh, you know, uh, Spawn has gotten a new resurgence of life. There's, I believe there's been new news that it's finally in production again um so we'll ever see what's done i really don't i really hope uh anyway spawn number 221 from image 2012 i was just gonna say on our last comic that they showed they bought on july 4th here's a tip from uncle tivo that you guys probably already know but if some sucker puts his books to end an auction on a holiday buy it because not many people are going on eBay on July 4th, on Christmas Day, or New Year's Eve. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just bad timing on your part if you if it just happens to pay pay you paid out for it like that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So uh good tip. Hey, there it is. King of the Gold Estate. I paid eight dollars for it and sold it for five K, which uh, spawn number 185. Now that is a solid investment. Uh, follow the uh, Golden State Comics, by the way. He had his, uh, he's got his IG hacked. So King of the Golden State is somebody else. So uh, for Golden State Comics. So when he told me, when well, I remember when he talked about this, and or he showed it on Instagram or whatever. Uh, he may have done a, I think he did a video for it. Buy eight bucks, sort of for five k. That's and I think he got it at LCS too um at a comic shop so if you don't you know sometimes they people just don't know what they have so if you look in the spawn number 185 that's the reason why i mean i don't know why it's so much um it's not even a variant it's a regular cover i, I if i'm kind of uh, uh james but it was a variant it was like a headless variant or something like that yeah it's, uh, yeah james is it was it a variant or was it a regular cover but uh that's a that's a massive flip right there all right, uh, what do we have for number? Hold on. I think I skipped one. All right, this is at its best. Seamless. Seamless. I was waiting for you to say that, JB. I'm like, somebody's gonna say it. Right. Oh, I think I have this. All right, next up, we've got Spider Gwen, volume two, issue number one. The Nick Bradshaw 1 in 25 variant, originally published in 2015. In this captivating issue, Gwen Stacy finds herself facing an unexpected challenge as the lizard reemerges. Now, previously, Gwen believed that the lizard, along with Peter Parker, had met their demise. However, a similar reptilian monster wreaks havoc, leaving Gwen questioning not only Peter's life, but also his death. As she grapples with doubts and mysteries, the debut of Osborne's of Earth-65 adds another layer of intrigue to Gwen's web-slinging adventure. Now, the 1 in 25 incentive variant, along with being a McFarlane Torment homage, both enhance and 
the allure of this issue, making it a sought-after addition to anyone's collection. The last recorded sales value was $200, an all-time high for a raw copy in near-mint condition, and this issue has seen a steady upward trend, currently standing at 1.76%. Even though it's an incentive issue, this book has quite a bit of sales data, with 77 total slab sales and 126 raw sales recorded. I have to dig in my own lawn boxes. I, I could have swore I had this. Uh, uh, Spider-Gwen Volume 2, number one, the Nick Bradshaw, one in 25. This is one of the covers. I would say this is one of the top five most homaged covers, right? Uh, if you think about Action Comics, number one, you know, Superman with, the, with that. Uh, if you think about Amazing Fantasy, which we already saw a version of. Uh, I'm trying to think what other comics have been homaged. Amazing uh, Spider-Man 300. Yeah, maybe Spider-Man 300, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, What's up, yeah. the Hulk uh, 3, 347? 40, 340. With the, uh, you really Wolverine think that's been as much as, as much as this, though? I mean, yeah. It, it's been done a few times, but yeah, you know, yeah. Definitely top five for sure, though. But uh, is it a bad yeah, time yeah. to mention that we just homaged this for World Tree? We showed the cover. <laughs> we literally no. just did. Yeah. Did no. you really? Yay, Bird City Comics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just showed the image. It's for World Tree. So she's in like all the cables and stuff. It works. There you go. See, yeah. I told you guys, man. <laughs> and and uh, it'll be coming your way in a month or so once I get it. So. Yep. Uh, all right, let's get to the last one here. JB dropped the link for the giveaway. This is the last giveaway for this round. I got uh, for all the people who didn't get the books yet, uh, make sure you DM me on Instagram if you won. I think I about like seven or eight people I've missed, so I'm going to pack as much stuff in there. So I've got quite a few books. You, if you don't like Team Man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Yusagi Yojimbo, sorry, you're going to get some cool ones. How can you uh, not like turtles? I mean, come on. I don't know. Some Everybody don't likes like turtles, man. So, Toidles. all right. All right, last one to listen, and we're going to see what's shaking today, boys and girls. All right, this is another great one. I love this book. Uh, this is Ultimate X number one, the foil cover. It came out uh, from Marvel 2010. So this particular copy of Jimmy Hudson's first appearance is part of the holofoil variant trend that the Ultimate Universe featured in 2010. One of 12 titles featuring this similar artwork style the holographic background is created by taking a cropped version of the original artwork. Creator uh, Collectors are particularly interested in anything related to Weapon X, including the Ultimate X storyline. Although this 1 in 25 variant is not considered rare, collectors still value it. A recent CGC 9.8 sell reached an impressive new high of $361. With Deadpool 3 reportedly concluding filming and entering post-production speculators are looking for potential connections to characters that may appear in the upcoming film specifically rumors have reported multiple wolverine variants appearing in the film giving jimmy hudson and dakin's first uh first appearance in wolverine origins 10 significant aftermarket bumps has this character as he as he, he was considered what Wolverine's son in the Ultimates universe, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Did he? He never made it over to the six six one six, did he? No, he did. Yeah. I mean, I remember this run because this was like 
this was like the tail end of the Ultimates line, uh, where eventually they just killed off everybody except for Miles. And it was this is also because... uh, Art Adams doing covers and interiors. I think it's the last time he ever did interiors. Wow, Dude, that alone makes it worth it, right there. Wow. Yeah, this Art Adams. Yeah, because Art Adams does some great covers, but and uh, it's a bubblegum variant, Evo. Yeah, and it's a fingerprint magnet. So uh, there, you got that <laughs> and it's a, it's a even in the picture here. Look at all the um, the ticks on the spine too. Oh yeah, these things it, were it's like those, really like uh, a, yeah. It's like we always say, it's either nine point eight or it's not. You know, on this one, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think it's pressable. Uh, so uh, Ultimate X, I have like entire short box of Ultimate titles that are just like uh, I wonder if they're going to get some resurgence. So if you haven't been paying attention to rumors and movie stuff, then, you know, check out the Lords of the Long Box on Sunday. We did a long-term spec list with my man Mikey Sutton, and uh, all of a sudden, some of those books ended up on some people's top 20 lists. I don't know. Hey. We'll have to see. I mean, Across the Spider-Verse or the Miles Morales movies, that's in the same universe as the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, and you know, so lately the latest rumors coming around is Chris Evans is going to be in Deadpool 3 as well. As Ooh, the, uh, returning dang. as the Human Torch, so that would be cool. Oh yes, he was the Human Torch from the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that's snowboarding. So loose. So Deadpool three is loosely an adaptation of Deadpool. Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, but it's really Deadpool kills the Fox universe. Is what it is. <laughs> nice, extent, right? So it just brings <laughs> back all the Fox characters so he can kill him. And I would be, you that's know, that's fantastic. It's a billion dollar movie in my book. You know what I mean? It is because uh, they interviewed Chris Evans. I don't know what, not too long ago, and he's like, you know, uh, he goes, I would never come back as Cap because you know, Cap is a special place for me and you know for the you know and he's he's done his thing and you know and maybe one day i'll come back to it as old man cap but you know i'd like to be human torch there you go so go figure man and then we've got the uh read the tea leaves i'm pretty sure we'll have a long to spec list on that soon really soon deadpool 3 so and then what did you think about uh the cameo of gambit that we've never gotten he's gonna kill him before <laughs> I don't know if that's. No, Gambit true. was in the X Men. Wasn't he? Was he was movie. he was that uh, oh, other no, actor? They're, they're, uh, Channing Tatum was talking about doing Gambit, what? and I think. They were oh yeah, that's that's a shame that. we never got that. Yeah, what's that other guy? What's his name? He was in John Carter. Uh, Tyler Kirch. Nice. Yeah, he was he, he was Gambit in like an unnamed role in uh, in one of the uh, Fox films. So. No, he was right, in boys. Gambit. Like it was straight on. Like, it was totally Gambit. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. Uh, let's see what's shaking today. Laura had to step out. Oh, Laura lost audio. Sorry, Laura. Um, let's see what's shaking today, boys and girls. Um, let's. Uh, do you want to? No, we'll do. We'll see what's shaking today before we do the giveaway, right? Yeah, go for it. Sure. All right, because uh, you're gonna get to see the new features on this. Dun, okay. dun, dun. Oh, boy, you shouldn't have seen that one. But anyway, Damn, um, TiVo, holy <laughs> shit. See that, uh, let's do an update and see, uh, gone up or down? Nope. It went down. Oh, it went down. All right. It's like the stock so, market, man. I, I don't know if I can look at this. Watch my highest slab comic day. is my uh, Incredible Hulk uh, 7.5 for 5,000. Highest raw dog is my Strange Tales 115 for 1950. You can create virtual boxes here. 
where you can pretty much say, hey, these are all my X-Men books, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not going to do it now because then I have to go through the whole thing. But it's cool. Some cool stuff you can do there. Of course, these are the hot comics. I have 389 key comics. You'll be amazed to find out that this is a this is why it's is a diamond. Um, super rare. Super rare. Because you know what? It's a Canadian price variant for New Mutants uh, number 14. There you go. Yeah. See? Like that? So, uh, we're here to see you shaking here, Dan. I didn't mean to flex on you guys like that. <laughs> uh, this is the top 10, which we didn't do this week, so we'll do it real quick, man. Number one was Dr. Afra. Number, what was that, like 33? Of course, Spider-Man 2099 continues to go on. Uh, Hulk number one, dope, dope cover. Hulk's another character that appears shirtless, by the way. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, as before mentioned, spawn number five because of the recent spawn news that started production. Namor, he's yep. shirtless. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, golden but age. golden age, though, was he shirtless in the golden age? He was, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Superman. So this book is on here because of the James Gunn uh, news with the new Superman book. That's uh, it's a new Superman movie he's doing. That's supposed to be an, an update to it. The Sickness, Ultimate Fallout, New Ages of Atlas, still hanging in there because of uh, the rumors of the girl from that uh, K-pop group, which she has debunked. But uh, so has about fifty percent of actors who get done doing things. And what I tell you guys about comic books that were are properties that weren't originally comic books that you should go get that are movies. I've always said get the Raiders of Lost Ark. Get that comic sure enough here it is on the top 10 so most units sold ruins wow if any gauntlet coming back on the list that's interesting as for mentioned asm 300 this is the first appearance uh who's the first appearance of this this is uh spider punk yeah spider punk holby yeah hobart brown holby soon is a lot better than a hobart let me tell you right now but we're seeing here much shaking boys and girls Yeah, I sold my 300. That's right. I don't have one. Uh, look at Captain America, number four. First Silver Age appearance of Cap, I do believe. Yep. When they farm out of the ice. Yeah. Some black. Uh, look at this one, though. Weird to see the weird shit. Wow. Look at that. Oh, wow. Let me go back. Blue Ribbon Mystery Comics, number 13. Two big lead stories. Wow. Oh, blonde in a red dress. Sorry, Laura. I know. Now you need to get this. Although Raw Dog is $3,627. Maybe you don't want to. And that's in a and that's in a VG. I think this is the error comic. Yep. This is the black error comic. This is the black error edition of Venom number one. All black cover. 3650. That's crazy for that. That's crazy Shh. count. Ten grand and a and a nine point six uh, is the highest known value uh, back in uh, September of last year, almost one, a year ago. Wow! Oh wow! Look at this. See? I love looking at this weird shit. We can see all the normal stuff, all we want. This is from Marvel, nineteen fifty four. So ta- Atlas Comics, actually. Atlas, yeah. so. Take a walk with the Walking Dead. I wonder if that's the first time the word Walking Dead is ever said. Know what I'm saying? Like you know how we not, now we now we know the Walking Dead is this this whole zombie giant zombie thing uh, you know that uh, Kirkham Kirkman did. But what uh, if Kirkham got it from this? Yeah, 
Because I don't, I don't Maybe remember. Maybe this is the inspiration. Yeah, that's pretty dope, though. 1864, 5.0. That's not bad at all. All black cover, too. Good luck with that. When did Night of the Living Dead come out? Was that was that in the 50s? 50s or 60s? I know it was black and white. I think 60s. Yeah, it was in the 60s. We know it's a weird thing to me. It was a movie trope for the longest time that they never said the word zombie in a zombie movie until I think it was How to Kill a Zombie. What was that movie with the... uh, How to... um, Well, there was a... Actually, Brad Pitt said it first, I think, in um, Planet... um, World War Z. World War Z. I think he didn't. I think he said zombie, but prior to that, whenever there were zombies, they never said the word zombie, right? Um, and then How to Survive. What was that movie with the the funny guy and uh, Woody Harrelson? Remember How to Survive? Oh, uh, uh, zombie, zombie land. Yeah, zombie land. That was when they really said zombie. Now it's like for some reason they never said zombie before. But uh, hey, I got two of these bad boys. First appearance of Brother Voodoo. First parent. 1600 and a 9.4 21 they're coming back 2024 you know yep we've seen some brother voodoo happening they just announced that they're going to be doing a shang chi 2 and a doctor strange 3 film so um i full-on expect like we've been talking about on this show for the longest time now if you want to get something get those strange academy books uh we we had this on our show last week i think didn't we I'm no, I don't sure. think we had it on the Shakers list or any of it. Yeah, but that's the first uh, uh, Miracle Man. Yeah, Alan Moore's movie, Miracle man. man. I love this book. Like features all the 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 Rogues Gallery UL of uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah. At one point, I had this slabbed and like um, and you know for for people who know me well, like, you know, old Lord members or people on the show, I love anniversary issues. Like they don't really celebrate it as much anymore. Like, you know, back then they though, make up the numbers it. now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now it is, this is a spectacular long awaited 100th anniversary issue featuring villains, villains and villains. See? Yeah. But now what they're doing, like, what was it? Um, they start adding Venom 35 like was celebrated as Venom 200. Yeah. <laughs> legacy. They have legacy numbering. Now. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Walking Dead, see, there we go. CDC 9.6. Uh, I gave up on a Walking Dead a while ago, so I don't watch it. Hey, I don't want to. That's the it. kiss that has the blood in the in the. Yeah, egg, this right? is this is like the coolest book on the on the list so far. Okay, so, so, so the coolest cover. This is my vote for cool cover. This is what so I want to it on the side of my of my windowless van. Yeah. So second appearance of Kiss in the comics. Um. So. First appearance is on, in uh, Howard the Duck on, 10. Right? For those who are on Sunday's live show, I referenced this comic because one of the backstories on it is Cynthia Von Doom printed in oh. Kiss's Real Bud. So one of the uh, back the backstories on it is the story of how um, Mephisto took Dr. Doom's um, mother's soul. As, and it, it, it's in this back issue. And I mentioned this comic on uh, on Sunday show. I'm not saying it's, you know, cause and effect, but I'm just saying it just it just happens. Why, why nice coincidence. There. Yeah. So in. Yeah. So there's a backstory. You know, most of these magazines had like two or three stories. And one of the backstories, Cynthia Von Doom is given powers from Mephisto to go and wipe out like these people who are like uh, tormenting their village, but then she uses them in the wrong way. And she kills not only like the tormentors in the village, but all the women and children as well. 
And so in that way, he says, well, you know what? That you that negates your contract. I got your soul now. So that's when Mephisto takes her soul and, you know, famously in Triumph and Torment, the Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom book, Doctor Doom enlisted aid of Doctor Strange to help him get back his. Uh, I mean, if you look at the cover, I mean, there's a reason why Doctor Doom is on here. Right. Um, so in Triumph and Torment, which is a great read, it was a graphic novel, like uh, a hardbound graphic novel. They made a softbound as well. Dr. Doom enlisted aid of Dr. Strange to help get his mother's soul back from Mephisto. Now, I'm just saying, we have a Mephisto long-term speculist, so take it for what it is, damn it. Uh, first appearance of Juggernaut, Ghost Rider, number one. All right, Marvel Spotlight number one, actually. I remember I got this sort of relatively Marvel dirt Spotlight. cheap. Marvel Spot, Marvel Spotlight number five, the first appearance of Ghost Rider. You know what throws me off yeah, about that? Ghost Rider number one almost is identical to the Ghost Marvel Spotlight the number same five. Cover, yeah. Oh, the cover it's looks all, it's yeah. almost the exact same cover, man. Uh, first appearance of Johnny Blaze. Wow, eight point. You're gonna be you're gonna be blown away when you see what the all time high is. $264,000. Oh my goodness. It was at a heritage auction. I remember I remember it in 2021. Go to Bon House. It was outselling like the first appearance of Punisher and everything else. It was crazy how much that somebody paid for it. $264,000. So, uh, Sandman. Oh, God, I hope we get a season two soon. That was such a great show. If you haven't seen Sandman on Netflix, that was awesome. I still need this. Let me add this. I need, I need a I need a first gambit comic added to your wish list thank you very much i have 49 i have 48 and 49 i just need 50 and but i, I, I fear this i'm is being... the easiest one to get it's that no it's brown and it's getting priced out 711 dollars for a 7.0 man you know but you know i, I my that's not bad yeah uh there's uh house secrets number 92 if you didn't know this is louise simonson who was actually posed for this uh, they use her likeness. She was the muse for that cover. If, if you didn't know, now you know. And no one's half the battle. G.I. Joe. Dude, so here's my funny story about this. I had this in a uh, 9.8, but I saw that it had cracks and creep. I said, there's no way it's 9.8. I, I literally saw that there was um, um, creases on it. So I, I cracked it and kept it as a raw dog. I was like, you know, I can't in good faith just keep that as a, as a, as great it was. Oh, Miles and Gwen sharing a kiss. Whew, I don't know what that name. Merca Adolfo, Bryce Comics Limited to 250. That's pretty cool. No way. Bryce got a, an exclusive. That's awesome. $700. He's, he he's a YouTuber. $700 for a 9.9. Wow, nice. you get a 9.9, you're doing things. It's one thing weird about this is when I click on back, it takes me back all the way to the top. I'm gonna do what's this one doing? Should I get this graded or not? I just got yes, I should. $625 for a uh, Ultimate Comic Spider Man number one. I have like a bunch of these, so I should get it graded. By the way, they're all great covers on this Ultimate Spider Man whole one. run. Yeah. I just picked up a one and a five. Yeah. I need to add mine stuff. Oh, I did. Oh, you got look them at all. that. I, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, I got them all. Boom. Look at that. Killing it, son. Run, dude. <laughs> I pretty much. Yeah. Let me see if I have the complete run. 
Yep, I had the complete run. No, you, oh, what is that thing they added to the end? That's some ugly cover. They made up. That was the last issue of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I was totally digging the storyline and the artwork that they were doing on Ultimate Comics. So not bad. I should create. See, I should create a short. See, this is the perfect time for me to create a a, a box for it. Yeah, since now's I, your chance. Make your make a make a bin. Do people really want to see me do that? All right, let's see. Uh, it's called it. create a virtual box going going out to CGC. Miles <laughs> Morales. Miles Morales books. And then John could probably do this better than I. <laughs> Since he was like you showing it. Uh let's see. Okay, so now. I go back. You can do your search collect through your collection just with the filter right there. Well, no, I mean I was already there, so but it, you know it's a good way to find out if something has changed since we've been on the show. All right. Matt is probably watching, like, what the fuck, dude? How come you don't know what you're doing? Uh, add this to it too. So how do I add them? To my thingy. Oh, here we you go. gotta do it from the collection. No, not enough. No. I'm gonna have to watch my own show to get a tutorial on how to do it. <laughs> anyway, I won't keep you guys hostage anymore. Uh, but it looks like Miles is I'm on the board with Miles. Some Toitos. I got two copies of this. I'm telling you, this X-Men run is really undervalued. I think um, they should be. They it should be worth a lot more. First appearance of the Star oh, Jammers. Give it some time. <laughs> oh, once uh, Foggy can take over to X-Men. This, action. this is X-Men stuff, and his Fantastic Four stuff is like, super underrated. Yeah. Hit that All-Star Western number ten. Is that first appearance on the hex? Book, yeah. Yeah, this book just keeps going up. Yeah, but the the movie didn't do anything for it. Remember that when the movie came out, this book did not jump at all. Yeah. First Prince jo Jonah Hex seven point five for only five hundred sixty-seven dollars. You, you were talking earlier how you you hope you know James Gunn does some war stuff. I'm gonna do some yeah. Jonah Hex stuff. I'd love to see some war and western. Any of them should be doing western stuff, both Marvel and DC, right? I mean, yeah. I I think it's coming. Uh, wow, X Men are coming up on this. Is is this already on my wish list? If not, it needs to be added to. Okay. Add it to my wish list. I still need this to complete my um, Frank Miller Daredevil run. Oh, John Wick has made it. I'm surprised it hasn't. Oh, we had the photo cover on the list not too long ago, and it was like crazy. Yeah, money. from Dynamite Comics, the Giovanni Valetti regular cover, and ninety nine dollars for nine point six. Wait, how much did it sell for though? Uh, 9.8 it sold for 499 dollars so there's a huge discrepancy between 9.6 and 9.8 i mean i don't even remember seeing this on my lcs but then again 2017 nobody knew what john wick was right i mean when the movie came out or you know there's probably a few people but now it's like the one on the its fifth movie here's a it usually comic books based on like movies or tv shows are usually pretty garbage too so people this don't usually pick them up first appearance is chewy han 
first non-cover appearance of one Kenobi five hundred dollars and nine point six. I had to get one of these graded. What's a non-cover appearance? Meaning he's on the inside. But that's oh, a wait. every comic. Well, no, he's on the cover. No, he's on the cover, but he doesn't appear in the book. I'm assuming oh, that's what non-cover okay. means, because I mean, he's as you can tell. I mean, he's right there. Swing the lightsaber, Ben, and we're finished. I miss those Star Wars uh, trading cards. That was I was such a big thing when I was little. I was going to show this, but she's not blonde. Oh, fight comics. Look at that. From Fiction House. Tiger Girl meets the sleepers of doom and the jewels of jeopardy. That's pretty dope. Now, is that Tiger, the Tiger Girl's Tiger or the other guy with the knife's Tiger? I don't know. Pretty sure that's Tiger Girl because she's got a tiger bikini on. Right. Um, but there's a tiger behind them. Yeah, maybe that's her pet tiger. That's why you don't fuck with I'm wondering, is it hers or is it his? Yeah. All right, let's stop sharing that now. Since uh, we're running on 7.30, wow, we're running late. But uh... All right, let's go ahead and uh, run this giveaway and call it a night. We had 32 comments prior to me dropping that link. Let's see if we got any more comments now we've got 38. We picked up six comments. Let's find out who this week's winner Better is. Chance of winning. What? Better chance of winning. Better chance of winning. Remember, if you want to enter these, you got to comment on this video when it is posted. Your favorite cover or any anything really. Let's see what the winning comment is this week. It comes from David Posner with the uh, comment: "I've never seen that Eternity War cover." But in my defense, I wasn't collecting in 2014. I have to have it. David, you're a winner. Reach out to T. Congratulations. I hope you got that book. Your prize. Yeah, give me uh, I reach out to me and anybody who's won, reach out to me as soon as you can so I can uh, ship them out. I have uh, some of the people, but make sure you hit me up on Instagram so I have your address. Uh, sometimes. I delete uh, my DMs because there are just so many of them. It's so annoying on Instagram when you get tagged and they put it in your DMs. I wonder if there's a way to kill that uh, because I get tagged all the time. But, JB, any last words? Yeah, thanks for joining us. I appreciate everybody who hung out with us tonight. Remember, we'll be back next Tuesday for the top 10 list and then next Thursday for another edition of the Ofer, I mean Shakers list. Uh, as always, don't forget we had a good time. See you next week. Peace. Yay, yeah, many last words. Everybody, thanks for showing up. See you guys next week. Have a good weekend. See you Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace out.
know that the Lord is Know that the Lord is up there. What's in the box?